Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm grateful for our youth pastor, Nathan, aren't you? Thanks for taking care of our kids and taking them off to have a good time. You're a blessing. I also want to uh, say I'm thankful also for our worship team today. We are without our uh, fearless leader, Jonna. Her and her husband, Brian, are actually in our Granbury location today because Pastor Brandon and Sarah took their kids out to California for a spring break vacation. So they're there ministering in Granbury, and uh, I just want to say what a great job you guys did. The bass player was especially good today. And uh, just kidding. <laughs> I was like, is that Sting up there? Oh, no, it's me. <laughs> uh, okay, stop. Uh, stop this. It's ridiculous. Amen. It's good to have all of you here. And really, uh, and you guys be praying for Jeremiah and Maddie and, and Richard and Sarah as they're, they're recovering. Especially the mamas, the dads, what are they recovering from, right? It's the mamas that are recovering. And, uh, but um, uh, we just want to remember them in our prayers. And, and uh, like I said, now you didn't tell them how big Sarah and Richard's baby was. Jeremiah and Maddie's boy was 8 pounds, 15 ounces. And Richard and Sarah's boy, Jazzley, was... Uh, nine pounds, 15 ounces. Wow. I don't know what's going on in this church, but you're obviously getting enough good teaching that's feeding those babies really well while they're in their mama's bellies. Amen. I love, love seeing people be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Let's go to Psalms chapter 103 today. Today I want to talk to you about, I've just titled today's message, Remember His Benefits. Remember His Benefits. How many of you um, like benefits, especially when it comes to your place of employment? As a matter of fact, it's kind of the bait got you the job, right? And we, uh, along with knowing what the pay is, we also want to know what are the benefits that this job offers. What kind of insurance am I going to get? Medical or dental insurance? Is it going to provide for my whole family? And, and what, what measure will it do that? Um, or um, vacation time. Is it paid vacation? How long is this vacation? So it's, it's, we're looking for benefits because the benefits tend to lure us in. And we'll even take a, a pay decrease to get the job if it's got really good benefits, right? Um, and we all enjoy that. We're going to look at this great passage of Scripture. It's one, one of my favorites of all time, and I, I think if the book of Psalms is a mountain, if we could liken it to a mountain, this would be the summit, all right? Psalm chapter 103. It's a marvelous, of course, Psalm 91 was, was read this morning, but before we go there, I, I want to just encourage you, something that David does here in this psalm, and you'll find a pattern in his life, in his writings, where he takes off and starts talking to himself, all right? Starts talking to himself, and all of this that we're going to read is David talking to himself. It's important that you talk to yourself. This woman was, uh, thank you, Mary Beth, for this story I'm about to share. Uh, this woman was in a grocery store, and she was observing this old man and his three-year-old grandson who was in the basket. And as the old man was, was walking around shopping, the, the grandson was screaming for everything, every kind of sugar that he saw. Candy aisle, he wanted the candy. Uh, the cereal, he wanted all the sugary cereal, whatever he could get. And the grandfather just patiently said, it's okay, William, we'll be out of here in no time. Just be patient. Hold on, boy. And as they went around, he kept on saying that, just saying, it's all right, William, just relax. We're going to get through this. 
So they get to the checkout line, and, and as they get there, the, the, the grandson is really agitated at this point because he hasn't gotten everything he wanted, so he starts taking items out of the cart and throwing them down on the floor. And the grandfather said, William, we're almost out the door. Just hang on, boy. And the woman was so impressed with his demeanor throughout this whole thing and never raised his voice no matter how bad the boy behaved. So she followed him outside, and she said, sir, I just got to say, I, was re I really admire how you just kept your, 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 uh, your demeanor there. You stayed cool and calm, even though your grandson was misbehaving in the way he was. And I just want to say, little William is obviously grateful to have you as his grandfather, to which the grandfather said, I'm William. This little jerk is Kevin. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself, encourage yourself. And no one will believe you like you. Are you hearing me today? You really are the greatest prophet of your own life. Others will speak in your life, but there are times when you're going to have to open your mouth and talk to yourself. When there's nobody else around to encourage you, encourage yourself. And David opens up Psalm chapter 103 with this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. I love that. What an exclamation. Bless, can we just bless the Lord right now? Let's just do that. Just lift up your voice and bless his name. Just give him thanks. Thank him for his goodness in your life. Thank him that he saved you. Thank him that he is good and he is always good. He's never going to change. He is for you. He's on your side. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then it says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let me just say, along with the person of God, the Lord Jesus coming and taking a boat in your life, I want to just encourage you today, he comes with benefits. Matter of fact, he said, without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Come on, turn to somebody and say, he comes with benefits. He comes with benefits. And so David then lays out what these benefits are. And we're going to look at verse 3 here at the first benefit. Five benefits to knowing the Lord. Five benefits to being connected with this great God who loves us so much. Look at this. Who forgives, everybody shout all. That includes all yours. You need to understand that. Who forgives all. Who's David talking to? He's talking to himself. You need to remind yourself that God forgives all your iniquities, all your iniquities. Because if you don't acknowledge it, you're going to have a hard time believing it. If you don't declare that, what the Word says, you're going to feel like God has something against you or He just had, didn't quite get over. Especially, I mean, I mean, come on. This is really encouraging to me and for maybe those of you who have screwed up big time like me in my life from time to time. Oh, really? I'm by myself? Okay. Just leave me standing up here. Just, I'm the jerk, all right? Okay. <laughs> You're still counting. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. You know, we've done some dumb things, you know, repeatedly, even after having promised that we won't do that again, and yeah. he forgives all, all, all our iniquities. Think about that. All of them. Past. Hopefully no, nothing present, but just in case, present. As well as future. 
yet to be. He died once for all. Now, Pastor Eric, you've got to be careful when you talk like that. You know, you just, people feel like they can just go out there and do whatever they want. I know, I know. That's how good this news is, and that's how it sounds. But if you're immature, you'll take it as a license to go do whatever. But if you really know the Lord and really appreciate what he's done for you, you'll see it as victory and freedom from all sin. Right? And by the way, I do, I want to encourage you to, to truly do what you want to do because you have a new nature now. See, we don't look at each other, and Paul said we don't regard one another according to the flesh. We just don't do that because now we are all have this connection in the Spirit, and our spirits are connected to God. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. In other words, in the Spirit, you have the same desire as God does. So I would say go do what you really want to do. You're free to do what you want to do if you're not identifying with the flesh. And are you catching this? Because you have his nature. That means you're going to want to do the right thing. Amen. This is better preaching than your amen, but I'll take whatever I can get. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Because here's the thing. I mean, many people, I mean, we, we, we've all said it, right? He forgives all my sins. But then there's something that through our own feelings or through just some some misunderstanding, right, that secretly kind of down inside we think, okay, well, well, I got saved. When I got saved, God forgave all the things I'd done before. But then you feel like you've been in a foot race with the devil from that point forward, right, to the very end of your life. And the goal is to not sin. That's the goal, to not sin. Got to get a better goal than that. I heard a guy say one time, if you get busy doing the do's, you won't have time to do the don'ts. Amen. Look at this future and a hope that he gives us. He has forgiven us all our sins. Why am I need to focus on sin? He's not tripped up about it. He died for them. The people that get tripped up in it are those who focus on self. Those who feel like, I got to die to sin. I got to die to sin. I got to die to sin. The scripture doesn't teach us that. When Paul said, I die daily, I think he meant literally, actually. He died several times. I got to die to myself. Really? Okay, here's the thing. Paul said this. He didn't say you die to yourself. He said, reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin. It's not a mindset today, I've got to make the choice. I've got to die to myself. No, I'm dead. I'm a walking dead man. This flesh does not have any control. Hallelujah. At least I'm working on that anyway. Right? We're all works in progress. Because if you think about needing to die now, then you are, then you are let me just tell you what that t- thought is actually saying. That you're not acknowledging with his death. The once for all, death. If you think that you have to die, you are sorely and sadly mistaken. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. I'm not being crucified. I am crucified. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
The moment you start focusing on not sinning okay, and, and, and getting this flesh under control is the moment you take your eyes completely off Jesus. Because then it all becomes about your performance. And my family, you're going to fail if that's what you're trusting in. We must only trust in Him and His ability to forgive us of all our sins. That's, that's such good news. This isn't freedom to sin. It's freedom from sin. He, and then look at the next benefit, okay? He forgives all of our, and then who heals all your diseases. You know what's interesting? The same word for all about your sins is the same word for all about your sicknesses and diseases. How many of you believe that, how many of you believe that God, it is God's will and it was God's will to forgive you of all of them? Hmm? We don't have any problem with that. I mean, I talk to my, my friends uh, my religious friends, my denominational friends, we all agree that Christ died for all of our sins. I mean, we're not looking for a surprise on Judgment Day. <laughs> That's not when you want to be surprised, right? I'm sorry, I didn't think about that sin. I'm sorry, I didn't have that one covered. I meant, when I, what I meant by all was all that I knew about, but I didn't know that you could come up with something like that. I'm sure sorry. Aren't you, I mean, we don't have to look, we don't have to be afraid about that. We believe that he died for all of them. But where the, where, I don't understand where the problem comes in that we don't fully accept the, all our sicknesses and diseases, too. Because all of that happened in the same afternoon, the same day. He bore stripes upon his back for our healing, and his blood was shed at that cross for our sins. But people make a separation. Why? Through personal experience. So what they do is they, they hold their experience up higher than the experience of the Word of God. Well, I know somebody who, oh, they were believing. See, it's always about somebody's experience rather than us choosing to believe what God has said, that he heals all of our diseases. Come on, say it with me, all our diseases. All. Say all my diseases, all my sicknesses, all my, this, remember David's talking to himself. He's reminding himself this. Well, yeah, but Pastor, I mean, it seems a little bit, I mean, if we're just looking at the whole earth and our experience and then hear this phrase, he heals all our diseases, it seems a little callous of David, it seems a little out of touch. Yeah, but I mean, there are people that are dying of disease today. Well, there were people dying of disease in his day too. But he had learned something about God. He had heard the story about how the Israelites had been brought out of Egypt. You know the story when Moses brought them out. And there's a scripture that just... If you read it, if you're just reading along, you'll pass right over the miracle that took place. Besides all of the plagues and God opening the sea for the children of Israel to walk through and providing them food daily, you know. But one of the things that happened was, in, uh, I think it's actually later on in this chapter. It's either this one or 107. It says that when he's talking about their exodus from Egypt, it said there was not one feeble among them. Whoa. Now, wait, you got to talk. This is 400 years of back breaking labor of these people. They're not living in the, the cleanest, purest conditions. So you know, after a while, as people continue to have children, there's a breakdown in the genetic pool. There's a breakdown in their immune system, having come under, raised up in the, that kind of environment. So there were many sickly and, and enduring diseases during that time. But this night, when he passed over every home that had blood marked on their there was also a massive healing that took place. 
Somewhere between two and a half million to three million Jews were healed. Not one feeble among them. It's a tremendous thought. Healed all of them. So what that's when David, he has to be thinking about that, no matter what level of disease that they were at, because I, I, I need to say that because sometimes we, and we put sicknesses in categories, and, but we see some as totally permanent and totally incurable because, we've, because the medical field has told us those things. And, and bless their hearts, I mean, they, they can only do what they know, right? And I appreciate our doctors and nurses and all those are working, in, but they, they have limited knowledge. It's called practicing medicine. Let's not forget that. Okay? So, but David says, all of them are healed. He heals all our diseases. And I don't, you know, people, for the most part, don't have a problem believing that a cut is going to heal up. A bone's going to get mended back together. Sprained ankle's going to recover all the... Common cold, those kinds of things. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll just recover, take a Z-pack, I'm good. But stage four cancer, yeah, see, it's quiet. Diabetes, Alzheimer's, just name them. These death sentences, right? But David is saying something about our God. He's greater than all of those diseases. He's greater than all of them. He heals all of our diseases, even though we don't get healed of all our diseases. Did you hear what I just said? He heals all, our, all of our diseases, even though we don't experience healing for all of our diseases. All right, let me explain what I mean by that. God chooses to do miracles by his own choice. We know miracles happen, seen them. But I can't guarantee when they'll happen, and neither can you. Because God puts that in his own. So he chooses by his own power when he's going to do a miracle. And I'm grateful that he does. So we know they do happen, but we just can't say exactly when they're going to happen. But we do find through scriptural evidence that they happen a lot of times in the atmosphere of belief, where people believe. Right? That's why it's important for us to always stay expectant, always ready, and always believe that anything is possible, that no disease is stronger or more powerful than the healing power of God, that he can, he can whip any of it at any time. But that's not the only way that people receive healing, and I'm grateful for that because that kind of is a lottery, right? Like, I hope he chooses. But then there's this other way called walking by faith. Man, we don't like this because we're responsible then for this part, right? Daily walking by, growing our faith, hearing the word of God and being strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. How many times did Jesus say your faith has made you whole? How many times did he say your faith is, there were times that he touched people. I mean, a, a dead guy can't have faith for himself, right? This is him just choosing to raise him from the dead. But there are times when people came to him with faith and were able to receive healing because they believed, not because he chose to do a miracle. So there's these two basic ways to receive. And I would say all of us have the ability to walk by faith. And so we have to believe this truth that he's able, he heals all of our diseases, otherwise we'll get caught up in, in, in experience and lose out. And lose out. We're not, we're not, we're not, our faith isn't determined by what happens 
here or not. Our faith is determined by what the Word of God says. That's got to be the heart of our belief system. Are you with me today? So that we, that, so that we can live in its potential. All right? And so that's why we have to remind ourselves, forget not this benefit. Because if you're just looking around at society and looking at, at people's experiences, you can forget. Hmm? No, no, no. He heals all our disease. You know what that means? There's always hope. I don't have any scriptures that teach me. All right, when you get to a certain point, Eric, give up. If it just looks like it's too far gone, just say, well, to God be the glory. Obviously, it's his will. Thy will be done. Talk ourselves right out of faith. Come on, help me out today. One quick example of this. You know the story, the woman with the issue of blood, as the scripture says, which means she had a continual cycle for 12 years, day in and day out. 12 years. And according to the law, she was unclean. So she couldn't mingle with society. So she's lost her societal status. She can't be amongst people because she's continually deemed unclean. Not only that, does she have that to deal with, but the scripture says that she took her money and she spent it on all the doctors that she could, and, and her condition did not better. As a matter of fact, it says it grew worse. So it's bad enough to be sick every day and have to deal with this, this disease, this, this issue. But now she's out of money. Now she's broke. I mean, this lady's powerless. But apparently she heard some reports about a man who's going about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God's with him. And, and, and in his meetings, everybody gets healed. He heals all. Wow. And something in her rose up called faith, and she said to herself, if I can just grab the bottom of his robe, the hem of his garment, if I can just get the bottom, I know I will be made whole. Fully assured. She wasn't, she wasn't saying, well, I hope so. I'm crossing her. No, she said, I know I'll be made whole. If I could just get to him. And so she began to make her way and press through this crowd, even though lawfully she should not be there. But she's after this. She's after a change. She's after this healing. And as Jesus is walking, the scripture says that the crowds were thronging him. There are multitudes around him. And everybody's vying for Jesus' attention, right? Jesus, come help me. I mean, there's a lot of desperate people in this crowd, lots of needy people in this crowd. And Jesus is just continuing to walk. And finally, she makes her way to him, just reaches out far enough just to touch that hem, grabs a hold of it. And then the scripture says she felt immediately in her body that she was healed. Jesus wasn't handing out healing here. He's just walking through a crowd, but she has faith. And she's not waiting for him to give it to her. She comes and takes it from him. Just comes and takes it. Wham! And Jesus said, whoa, who touched me? And Peter said, that's a funny question, Lord. I think a better question is, who's not touching you? Everybody's touching you, Jesus. He said, yeah, I know, I know. I hear all the wailing and the crying, and I, see the, I hear the need, and I hear about all, but somebody finally met me on my terms. Somebody finally met me on my terms. Because it's not about need. This is about who will believe, who will have faith in me to believe that I will meet that need. 
And somebody did. Somebody, I felt virtue, I felt power go out from me. He's walking along, somebody just stole it from him. It's powerful. Just took it. Thank you. And finally, she revealed herself to him. She was afraid, and he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Your faith. Your faith in God. Faith in God. Believe Him. And always be expectant of miracles. So we don't, we're not designed to give up. We're not designed to quit. That's why we pray. I continue to pray for people, even if they're at death's door, continue to pray that the healing power of God would move, that they would receive total healing. I've seen it happen, and I've seen it not happen. All right? I mean, if I, if I prayed for sick people the rest of my life from this day forward and not one person got healed, I would still believe I will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not going to be moved by experience. Hmm? Your faith has made you. He heals all your diseases. Say, all my diseases. We got to keep going. Who redeems your life from destruction? Who redeems your life from destruction? I love that. This is the third benefit that we get. And this benefit is a bit twofold in this way. One, I mean, all of us are here today, and more than likely, pretty much all of us have had an experience where God protected us from something, from certain disaster, from death, from a sickness or disease that normally would have taken someone out, but God redeemed our life from that destruction. Anybody here today have that testimony, right? He redeemed, some, I mean, there are some of you here that should have been dead many times over, right? But God redeemed your life from destruction. I was telling the earlier service, my brother, back in December of 2011, he was invited to go speak at a church out in West Texas. And so he took the church van, 15-passenger van. And when you're in a vehicle like that, it's just kind of maybe if I'm talking to the guys here. You ladies might not understand this. Normally, you don't buckle up in a vehicle like that, all right? I mean, it's just you feel safe in a bigger vehicle. And I'm not saying it's right. It's just you just kind of feel that way. So my brother, he never buckled up in this van. And so he's, he takes off from his house in, in Kyle, Texas, up going uh, up 35, north on 35. And just a few minutes into it, as he's driving along, he feels this urgency that he needs to buckle up. But he just kind of passes it off. You know, and then all of a sudden he said, it's like my insides were yelling at me. It said, buckle up now. So he grabbed the seatbelt and buckled up. Seconds later, he's in, he's flipping several times in the ditch over here because this girl all of a sudden just went across the highway in her car. And so in order not to slam into her, he turned his wheel. And when he did, he went down to the ditch and the van began to roll. And the paramedics told him later on when they got there, that when they came up on the scene of the accident, they expected a fatality by the look of the vehicle. And he, and, and as, he's, as he's there in the van and, and, and it's kind of all set, settling in of what's going on, he puts his hands on his lap, on his legs, and he feels that they're all wet. He says, and I was terrified to look. I thought I, would be, I was covered in blood, only to find out a little later my iced tea from Whataburger had spilled all over me. <laughs> and I was grateful to God for that. But he was, he was banged up for a while and, and had to go through some therapy. But the Lord redeemed his life from destruction. And he does redeem you. I love that it says, who redeems. It keeps going. He has a deliverance for us over and over again. Thank God that he delivered us from darkness and deli- uh, or brought us out of darkness and delivered us into his marvelous light, into 
<laughs> eternal life. But in this life, in this world, there are several deliverances we need along the way. But here's the cool thing. Maybe you have faced or experienced destruction in your life. Loss, loss of loved ones, uh, you know, wh whatever it might be. This twofold thing is not only does he take care of us here, but he redeems our life from the grave too. So that when we go to the grave, that's not the end. That's not the final thing for us. See, as his children, the scripture says, we don't weep like those who, who have no hope. Because we know that there's coming a day when the Lord himself will descend from heaven, the scripture says, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then everybody that's still alive here on the earth and remain, they will be caught up together with them. The dead get first-class tickets. First. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Oh, I love that. Meet, together with him in the clouds, the Scripture says, to meet the Lord in the air. And then it says, there we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, we comfort one another with these words. That's why we have this hope. You've lost loved ones who've gone on to be with the Lord Jesus, those who believed on him. Hey, listen to me. The grave's not the final chapter. Hallelujah. Because this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortality must put on immortality. Then we'll be brought to pass the saying, oh, Hades, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? Or oh, death, where is your sting? Death itself will die. Glory to God. He redeems your life from destruction, so that whether you live or die, he redeems you from destruction. Can I get a good amen? Hallelujah. Number four, four B, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Crowns you. I like that picture, but in the Hebrew, it actually means to surround you, to, uh, to compass you about. Imagine Loving kindness, which is the favor of God. Favor and goodness of God surrounds you. Psalm chapter 5, verse 12 says, uh, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous, and with favor you will surround him as with a shield. If you just happen to be here today and you're needing a promotion, you're needing a new job, you're needing the right connection for your business, whatever it might be, begin to remind yourself about this right here. Don't forget this benefit that there's this shield that surrounds you called favor from God. So that wherever you go, whatever business transaction you're coming into, whatever situation you need God's favor, it shows up as a shield before you ever get there on your behalf and speaks for you and prepares the atmosphere for you to show up on favorable terms. Proverbs 3, 4 says, So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And tender mercies, I love this. These words are so powerful. Loving kindness, which is his favor and goodness, and tender mercies. Now, tender mercies are like, the, 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 the concordance gives a description of a mother's womb as cherishing a fetus. Surrounds you. So as you're in this world, though you're not of this world, right? He puts, he kind of puts you in a womb. And in that womb, there is, there is nourishment for you. There is protection for you. There's development 
in the womb. So in all this chaos of life as, as we know it, and things that surround us, God provides this, t- these tender mercies or a womb. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, there's womb for you. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. The preaching was good right up until that point. All right. <laughs> Verse 5, we've got to move on. Verse 5. Who satisfies your mouth with good things? So that. Come on, old, old people, you're going to like this part. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, how many of you could use some renewing of your youth here today? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now watch this. He satisfies your what? Mouth. In other words, he gives you the right things to say so that you can experience renewal. That's why this Bible is so powerful. That's why he gives us these exceeding great and precious promises so that we'll get those promises and our mouth will be satisfied with those things to say what God has said, not just stating the facts of life, but no, holding on to a higher truth, what God has said with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. My goodness. The thing that's cool about that, now, we know that the Word of God does powerful things, and I think that that can do with your flesh. Because the scripture says, his word is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. What a powerful thing. But also, something about youth. I love being around young people. It's one of the reasons why I'm teaching at Christ for the Nations, because they help keep me thinking young. But they're so full of vision. I mean, their eyes are on the future all the time. You know why? Because youth have so few yesterdays and so many tomorrows. So they haven't had the opportunity to live in some regret, right? And let these things stack up that keep them from really seeing the future that God has for us. Because many, too many people are looking back here at the coulda, woulda, shoulda. But he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed, so that we can think more about what's ahead than what happened back here. All right? It's powerful. Now go to one last scripture, Matthew chapter 7. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Love life, talk life. You love health, talk health. Amen. You love a good marriage, talk good marriage. Want good kids? Don't call them idiots. Beat them. I like you, Mary Beth. Or Jeannie. I like, well, I like you too, Jeannie. Man, you sounded just like Mary Beth there. Beat them. I love the book of Proverbs. It just goes against our society so much, the grain of how people think today. The Scripture says, if you don't beat them, they will die. Society teaches that if you beat them, they will die. I can remember my dad quoting these scriptures to me, right? You lose if your dad knows the Bible and then gives you biblical reasons why you're getting your rear end whipped off. Son, 
I don't like this any more than you. Well, get the smile off your face then because it looks like you're thoroughly enjoying this, Dad. This hurts me more than it hurts you. No, it does not. Let's, let's test. Let me hit you, and let's see if that's true. And he would give us, I have to do this, son. If I don't beat you, you'll die. I'm like, no, 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 no. Every time you beat me, I think I'm going to die. I found out that the Bible's true, despite what I think about it. It's true. Where was I? Matthew 7. Did you go there? Okay, let's go there for a moment. Fills our mouth with good things. Satisfies our mouth with good things. Now watch this. Uh, one of the words for mouth, though, I've got to touch on this one last thing, is also the word desire. Fills our mouth or our desire. Well, how do we express our desire? Through our mouth, right, by asking. Now watch this. Ask, you've heard me talk about this, but I've just got to encourage you again in this. Ask, this is Jesus talking. Now watch this. Ask and what? We'll see what happens. Ask, and if it's the Father's will, hmm? look what he said. Listen to the assurance, the audacity of Jesus to say things so plain and clear to us. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Right? And then all of a sudden, you hear that voice. You can't just ask for anything, right? You start seeing, reasoning why that can't be true or why it's not going to happen to you or why it's not going to happen for you, right? Instead of just, listen to what he's saying. Then it gets even more ridiculous. Verse 8, for everyone who asks receives. Hmm. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Wow, let's just let it hang there for a second. Before we start talking ourselves out of it, let's just let it hang there. Let's just really listen to what Jesus is saying. Can we believe this? Because he doesn't do any backpedaling. He doesn't. He doesn't then try to explain what he just said. Now, guys, you understand, obviously, you're mature enough that I don't just mean anything, and I don't mean everyone. He doesn't do that. He just says it. And then he goes into this illustration. For, or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? What a cruel dad. I might do that once in a while just for fun, right? If he asks for bread, what did he ask for? Bread. What father would give his son a stone, right? And then the next thing he says, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? What a sicko. Right? What did the son ask for? Bread. And the son asked for fish. And then he says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Watch, Jesus just defined a good gift for us, giving them what they asked for. And we need to stop and slow down and think about that for a moment because if we don't get what we ask for and aren't vigilant in faith, we might just say things like, well, the Lord knows better. Obviously, He has something better in mind. Don't get too quiet on me now. 
He obviously has something better planned. Well, this is not what Jesus taught us. Hang on. Just because it didn't happen yet doesn't mean it's never going to happen. Because it happened in the timing that you thought it was going to happen. But it looks like it's his desire to give you a good gift, that being what you ask for. If you know how to do that, that's what he said, if you know how to do that, and guess what? You're subject to sin. You being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? Come on, say much more today. How much more? He said, in other words, what he's saying is, where do you think you got the nature to do that? That came from Heavenly Father, who will give good things to those who ask him. In other words, he will answer your prayer. He will give you the desires of your heart. Matter of fact, in another place he said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Let's stop playing that religious game. Lord, I just want what you want. Hearing him back to us, well, I want what you want. Yeah, but Jesus, I just want what you want. Well, I want what you want. What do you want? Say it. Ask and receive it because the truth is the tragedy that James taught us was you have not because you don't ask. Because you're punishing yourself rather than just asking. He's a good heavenly father who loves to give you what you ask for. All right? Okay. He will satisfy your mouth or your desire with good things. In other words, you get your prayers answered so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I don't know about you. My prayers are being answered. I'm coming back for more. Mm-hmm. Coming back for more. It's called a relationship. It's a two-way street. We talk to him. He talks to us. We ask of him. He gives. So, these benefits, he forgives. Say, he forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He surrounds me with favor and goodness and tender mercies. And he satisfies my mouth with good things. Therefore, my youth is renewed. The scripture says that our outward man is perishing daily, right? You just got to look at the mirror. You find that to be true. Things are sagging, wrinkling. But the inward man is being renewed day by day. So as we walk by the Spirit, then we experience the continual renewing that he so freely gives us. What great benefits we have with our Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time together in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for all, all of these here today in this room and these listening to us by podcast. God, we thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon our lives. So we bless you. We thank you. Our souls cry out, as David said, bless the Lord. Look at what he's done for us. Look at what he does for us. Look at what he will do for us. Thank you, Father, for you are a very present help in time of need. You said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And it all starts with us receiving that initial benefit that he forgives us of all of our sins. Understanding that Christ died for our sins means we don't need to die or have to die for our sins since he did it. And we receive that exchange. He became sin, and we became the righteousness of God. 
everything changes for us. We receive his forgiveness. And that he was buried. And that God raised him from the dead according to the scriptures. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. We thank you, Lord, that it's by grace through faith that we are saved. It's by grace through faith that we receive this great salvation. It's by grace through our faith in you that we have everlasting life. That you've done everything that was necessary for us to have a good, eternal, right relationship with God. Knowing that we can never stand on our own merits, but on Jesus' merits, who earned heaven for us. We thank you for these benefits of forgiveness. Thank you for these benefits of healing. There are some here today, God, who need to experience that benefit in their lives, in their body. Whatever measure it is, Lord, I thank you that you heal all. You heal all. Thank you, Lord, that you redeem us from destruction, both here and later, forever. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, praise God. I want to just help you right now. There's some of you. We could just bow our heads for just a moment. I'll let you out in just a couple of minutes, but this is really important. If you're here today and you've been robbed of your peace, you have, I just really sensed you really restless, really restless, laying in bed, not being able to sleep, just even in, your, in the day, you find yourself being short-fused and frustrated all the time. You just feel robbed of your peace. If that's you, I want to just pray for you. Just raise your hand right now. Father, yeah, thank you right now. Thank you, Lord, for these who are, who are acknowledging this, who are saying, that's me. And Father, I thank you that you help them right now. Your word says that when we are anxious for nothing, anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, we let our requests be made known to you. Your scripture promises that the peace of God is going to come and it's going to surpass that which surpasses all understanding. It will come and it will guard our hearts and our minds. Lord, let them experience that great peace. I want you right now, all of us, let's just pray this together. Say, Father, I'm casting this care on you. This has robbed me for the last time of my peace, of my joy. I'm giving this to you. I come to you right now, and I thank you that you are everything I need. You supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I know that nothing's too hard for you. And I accept rest. I accept peace. I accept joy. And I refuse to worry, to ponder, and to, to spend any more energy on this trouble, on this problem. I give it to you now. I fully trust you. You are on my side. And now I rest in you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.